I'm Jessica, and this is Homecoming, Finding Yourself in Life's Little Moments. Hi, dear listener. So it's a evening, Saturday evening, and I'm just at home making this podcast. The podcast is called Imagination. And it's a, a word, <laughs> a simple word in a sense, but I feel that it holds an enormous amount of meaning. If you really start to think about it, and I'm just contemplating it as I'm talking with you, you know, imagination. That means we can conjure an image in our minds of something, something comes into our minds we imagine, we project out, right? We project something, we imagine something, we conjure something, we formulate something, but more than formulate, it feels less linear than that, doesn't it? It's more like um, something that is emerging, (laughs) you know, almost organically, something that's emerging like a flower, like a, a sprig, like something coming up, you know, through the the greats in the subway in New York City. You know, I remember walking in New York City with my dear godmother one afternoon, and it was spring and still kind of cold, and the subways run underneath the streets in New York City, Manhattan, the other boroughs. Um, um, but in Manhattan, yes, mostly under the, under the surface <laughs> of, the, um, of, uh, of the place. And um, you'll often see subway grates because those are huge vents. Those allow the air to circulate down into the depths of the subway uh, tunnels. And because the subway is submerged and because the trains are running through it and producing heat and uh, so on, Warm air often comes up through those subway grates, you know. Warm air often comes up through those subway grates. And I remember walking not far from Madison Square Garden, which is on 33rd, 34th Street in there. And, uh, you know, it's a place where lots and lots of people walk, right? A lot of people walk around there. It's usually quite busy. And... um, my beautiful godmother and I, this tiny little woman who stands barely five feet tall, you know, she and I were walking. And it was spring, and it was still cool. You know, it was still cool. The The trees along the streets hadn't really yet flowered out. I mean, they were just beginning to sort of bud. And uh, New York springs can be quite cool in April, March, April. You know, spring is technically March 21st in the Northern Hemisphere, but it can take a little bit of time for that warm weather to kind of begin to manifest. And, um, but we were walking in New York and had our coats on and had little scarves. It was still a little cool, but we walked by the subway grates and, um, my godmother, you know, who loves nature for her, nature is a living, breathing presence. And she's opened my eyes and helped me to nurture my own connection with nature, with natural things, with all sorts of things, really all living things, whether people or 
animals, insects, birds, especially she loves birds, like St. Francis loved the birds, you know. She loves the birds. She once said, I wish I could fly like a bird, you know. She would she would love the birds, you know, the pigeons in the street in New York. But anyway, we were walking there near 34th Street, and there are lots of trains that kind of coalesce in that area underground, and there are subway grates, and we were walking by on this early April morning, and she suddenly stopped and looked down. She's short, you know, nearly, not really five feet tall, and so she's closer to the ground than I am, and she noticed coming out of one of these subway grates a tiny sprig, a tiny little sprig of some kind of tiny little green plant. It was probably barely an inch tall, and Lord knows how it was managing to survive in that busy thoroughfare, you know, of the sidewalk. Um, but there it was, clinging with its tiny little, almost infinitesimally small, little tiny roots, little being it was, clinging to the edge of one of these subway grates. But the warmth was, um, had been created, you know, created a a better environment, a conducive environment. The warmth had nurtured its growth to such an extent that this little thing was coming up, you know, there, clinging to one of the subway grates. And my godmother bent down low and she said, Jesse, look, look at this little bit of life, you know, that's here, she said in Spanish. Thanks to her, I can speak some Spanish, and I understood what she said, you know. She talked about this little plantita, this little plant. And um, I bent down and looked, and sure enough, you know, this tiny little thing was a marvel of growth and a marvel of survival, this tiny little thing. And we prayed that it would remain uh, growing and safe there on the sidewalk near 34th Street in Manhattan in New York City, there clinging to the edge of that subway grate. So imagination, dear listener, is what I was thinking, you know, imagination. Because imagination grows out of the recesses of our minds and hearts, you know, like that little plant. We can nurture it. We can... um, foster it, you know, we can let it begin to um, grow inside of us. And this morning I was looking at some quotes of one of my very favorite visionaries, writers, poets, a man named William Blake. He stands there in that small pantheon of, of people who I really look to for ongoing inspiration. He, like Teilhard de Chardin, whom I've mentioned in my podcasts, a French Jesuit priest, visionary, writer, beautiful, incredible human being, William Blake, who lived mm, about 200 years earlier, a little bit less. He lived from 1757 to 1827. So what? a period of 
or maybe 1767. He lived to be about 70, which was a pretty good age back then, you know. We think 70 is, is par for the course now, but I don't think it really was back when he lived in the late 1700s, early 1800s. But he was just an extraordinary man. Everything he wrote was um, captivating. So um, perhaps one of his most famous quotes, one of his most famous quotes is this, to see a world in a grain of sand and heaven in a wild flower Hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour. So, dear listener, you know, as I'm reading this and having just conveyed to you, described to you this beautiful little uh, memory that I have of walking with my godmother on the streets of New York and seeing a world, heaven, in that tiny little plant. She saw heaven in that plant and had to stop and bend down low. She got on her knees in the middle of that sidewalk, busy, people shuffling by, you know, pulling suitcases, you know, on their iPhones, I mean, you name it, you know, heading somewhere, generally partly only partly aware of where they were stepping. She was on her knees on that sidewalk looking at that plant. She had to study it. Heaven in a wild flower for her. Heaven was in that plant. To see a world in a grain of sand in heaven in a wild flower. Hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour. So, dear listener, I tell you that um, you can see why this man inspires me so much. Like my dear godmother. She would hold worlds in these tiny details and heaven. And being with her was like timeless, you know. I bent down with her partly because I was just concerned for her well-being. I felt I had to protect her there on that sidewalk, you know? Ah, gosh. But in doing so, I felt, saw, the world, the heaven, in that tiny little plant. And it was like time stopped. Time stopped. And the feeling of eternity, of that which is timeless, opened up there in that moment, in that place. Didn't matter how many people were rushing around us at all, you know. So I, you know, I wanted to um, talk to you about imagination because in some sense I think that's what we're talking about. To see a world in a grain of sand is an act of imagination. But you see, imagination that is so intrinsic to who we are that it almost redefines the world, to the word, huh? and the world, both. 
To see the world in a grain of sand, to see a world in a grain of sand is an act of imagination. To see heaven in a wildflower is an act of imagination, right? But something so organically emergent, right, from within us that it's not extrinsic to us, it's not external to us, it's internal, it is who we are. And William Blake said, he said, imagination is not a state, it is human existence itself. Imagination, the imagination is not a state, it's not a state of being. It is human existence itself. And he said also, he said, to the eyes of a person of imagination, nature is imagination itself. You see, you come into a kind of glorious relatedness, a glorious duet with living things, with nature with living things, everything, the rocks, the plants, the birds, the leaves of trees, even the clouds, the sun, the moon, the sky, the stars, everything, the earth under our feet and the substrata below that, the tectonic plates below that, the center of the earth molten below that. To the eyes of a person of imagination, nature is imagination itself. What does that mean? Because he just said that imagination isn't a state of being. It is human existence. So that means we become one with living the living world, right? That is the nature of imagination. That's an act of imagination. That's the self-same thing as imagination. That is the product of imagination. You see, all of this is one thing. We are imagining beings. And we can bring to life the world. So with that, dear listener, I bid you adieu. Thank you so much for listening on this quiet evening and may you be blessed in every way shape or form take good care as we go into this new decade this new year this new evening or day whenever you listen to this and god bless you now and always now and always Mm -hmm.